Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. I'm your host, Rebecca from homeschoolon.com, just a homeschool mom who drinks a lot of coffee, doesn't drink very much water, or take very good care of myself, to be quite honest. So not anyone up on a pedestal, no one with a clean house over here that has all the answers and all her ducks in a row. I'm the frazzled hot mess mom, here to talk to you today and share a little bit of my story about kind of my journey from being a stay-at-home mom to where I am today, entrepreneur and everything else that I have on the go, and encouragement, whether you are in that stage of feeling like there is more to you and you are discontent or whether you are in the stage of trying to live out this more and balance that and your family and everything else. So I'm just going to share my story. I'm just going to ramble a little bit and um, just share what's on my heart because I can't sleep anyways. So we may as well, right? So grab yourself a cup of coffee, something hot, maybe some hidden chocolate that you have somewhere because I'm on board with that and let's get started. So a little bit about my back story. Um, I got married fairly young. Well, fairly, let's just bring that back to really. I mean, there's some people I'm sure that have, and I know have gotten married younger than me, but I was married young. And I really just had this entire lifestyle. Remember, I was homeschooled, so I was always young for my age. Always, 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 always. I was the one who was two years ahead of myself. I graduated when I was just 16. I was in college and career with the young adults when I was 16 years old. I was 16 years old when I went to Bible college, the youngest. I set a record. Imagine how that felt, you guys. Yeah, it was special. And so I've always been very, very young and trudging ahead of my age. My age has never held me back. And it has always been something I'm kind of sensitive about, but it's never been something that has held me back because I've always been that person who's like, I don't care how old I am. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to surprise you, you know? And then you go to like the drive-thru and the people at the drive-thru are like, hi, sweetie, did you need, I'm like, excuse me. Okay. Like, like, are we really going to do this? First of all, you're like 10 years younger than me. And second of all, sweetie, like I have five kids sitting in my car. They're sweetie. Okay, I'm not sweetie. Don't sweetie me. So anyways, I know some people do that. But like I said, I'm a little touchy. Okay, I'm a little aware of condescension because I have I have faced condescension my whole life. And the reason for that is that I am always ahead of my time, of my age. People are shocked when they hear I'm 32 and I have five children and, you know, they're just, they're, they're just absolutely blown away that I am so young with, you know, already my oldest is 12. And I'm like, you guys, This is just not surprising. Like my whole life, I've been the one who's young. So anyways, just backstory. You guys are getting to know so much about me in these moments, in these podcast episodes actually are are super raw and I feel incredibly vulnerable on them. And I actually have a hard time posting them sometimes because I'm like, I, I am more real here than I ever am on camera. So anyways, inside scope to Rebecca. Okay, so... Here I was, this young and determined person who met my husband. You guys have heard that story. If you haven't, go listen to the marriage episode. But I met my husband and I was about 17 years old when we met. So we dated a little bit and then I think we were together about three months where he was living in the town I was in. And then he went to police training. Um, It's called Depo here. It's in Saskatchewan. He's RCMP. Royal Canadian Mounted Police, you guys. And so he went to training for six months and we had a relationship over the phone. So that was really fun because we really actually hardly knew each other. From the day we got together to the day he left was like three months. And that was like our first conversation we ever had. So we hardly knew each other. And I was young and probably unhealthily infatuated because, my goodness, I pined away. I was so sad. I watched... Every single episode of Friends. I think twice. I bought everything. And I just sat and watched. I called him and we talked for hours. And yeah, it was it was like that because I was immature, guys. I don't know what to say. So anyways, 
lo and behold, my husband is graduated and he's posted again far away from me. So we're planning a wedding and we get married. And within like a month of getting married, I find out that I am pregnant. Yeah. That's awesome. So we are having babies. And when my first baby is two months old, I find out I'm pregnant again. And when my second baby is six months old, I find out I'm pregnant again. And so I just kind of was living my dream, actually. I always wanted to have kids. I always wanted to be a mom. I wanted to homeschool my kids just like I was homeschooled. And here I was walking in the life that I always desired for myself. And after my third child was born... I hit this wall of complete and total discontent. And I remember the conversations with my husband. It was like it was like the could-haves hit me. It was like I could have done this. I could have been a doctor. I could have been a nurse. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I could have done anything that I ever put my mind to. I could have done anything I had ever desired. And yet I, I was homeschooled my whole life. I immediately left homeschool for a little bit of, of Bible college, met my husband, got married and had babies one after another. And it's like, I felt so sorry for myself. You guys, I felt so sorry for myself that I had missed everything. And so I remember the conversations with my husband and I know looking back in retrospect, it's incredibly selfish, but I couldn't help how I was feeling. I felt like I had missed the boat. And though I was, I was incredibly happy and unwilling to let go of what I had, I couldn't change how I also felt so incredibly discontent. I felt so discontent. And part of that was, of course, I'm married to somebody who's nearly eight years older than me. So my husband had, you know, he he had years before he went to college. Then he went to college and he got to, you know, oh, I wanted to take this. And I, I decided to spend six years in university taking whatever interested me. And I was downright jealous. I'm like, so you got to live your life before you met me and settled down and, and have your dream career. And uh, you just plucked me out of the cradle, essentially, was how I felt. So raw honesty. Okay. He's not here. We can talk anyways. So that was kind of how it felt like for me. And in that season, I just struggled so much. And so I remember having these conversations with my husband and he was just kind of done at one point. He's like, fine, then go, go, go to university. We'll find a way. We'll get support. We'll get a nanny. We'll, we live close to family. Like we'll make it work. Like go to school. And I was like, wait, what? Like I have to leave my kids. (laughs) No, I'm not doing it. I'm not leaving my kids. I've got babies. I'm breastfeeding. Like, no, I refuse. So I've always also had this incredibly strong value system of I know what I want. I know that my family is what I want. I know my kids is what I want. I am unwilling to sacrifice the life that I've always desired to have. And so I've had to find something that will fit without compromising my value of my kids and my family. And so I remember those conversations and he's like, he's all in. He's like, you know what? Let's just do it. I think that you're right. You can do it and and let's just do it. And I was like, absolutely not. No way. I'm no, I'm going to homeschool my kids. I'm, I'm going to raise my children. There's absolutely no way no one else is coming near my children with a 10 foot pole to raise them. Like I, that's just where my head was at. I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying that I was like, you know, maybe 20 years old and that's where my head was at. So here we are. And we had all these discussions about what I could possibly do then because I was so discontent. I was so unhappy and jealous and unsatisfied and just frustrated with this feeling that I knew I had the potential to be and do anything and yet I had the ability to do nothing. I had no training and even if I did have training I was unwilling to leave my kids so so literally I I felt trapped. I felt like trapped by my own doing, by my own fact that I I couldn't I couldn't match up my values with what my heart was desiring. And so I just sat there in this frustrated season. And it was probably like that for a year of just wrestling and wrestling with this. And so we talked about, you know, different business opportunities. And some of the first ones I remember we came up with brainstorming with Jonathan. It's always an entertaining thing, you guys, brainstorming with my husband. I don't know if you've ever seen him in any of our videos or anything like when we were brainstorming the name for my new curriculum line I'm releasing, he was like sporks or, or forks and spoons. I'm like, what on earth? Does that have to do with curriculum? It's always an adventure when you brainstorm with Jonathan. So some of our first things was he's like, you could do baskets. 
said, you could, you could fill baskets and sell them and ship them to people. And I'm like, this sounds so incredibly boring. No, I, I don't want to fill baskets with things and ship them to people. That doesn't sound viable. It doesn't sound like something I'm going to do. Baskets are like a thing of our parents' age where it was like the welcome wagon baskets. Like, no, 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 not happening. But we discussed it. Uh, what are some of the other things? Oh, he he had nannied for someone way back when who was in the stock market and really respected and admired them. And he's like, you could get into the stock market. So we dabbled. I think we bought, you know, a few hundred dollars in stocks and then they sat there because I had no idea what I'm doing. No, I can't get into the stock market. Math is definitely not my forte. And frankly, news is not my forte either. The thought that I have to like watch news and, and that was just no, 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 that's not a good fit for me. So I signed up for Avon. I signed up for Mary Kay. I created my own sewing business and no, I was not good at sewing before I started, but I learned and I got really good. And I had a sewing business with my sister-in-law and we sewed a whole bunch of baby stuff because, of course, we had babies coming out, literally coming out, like just shooting out of us. So there's so many babies. And so we created this sewing business. We made nursing blankets and changing pads. And I got into even starting to design purses. And then one day, right around the time when we were ready to move, I had invested like thousands upon thousands of dollars in fabric. I had just storehouses of it. And we're packing it all up. And I was like, I'm done. I will never sew again. I must say that was, how long was that? Two, four, probably five years ago. I have not picked up my sewing machine once since then. And it was a nice one. It did embroidery. It just, it was, uh, it was dead to me. It was done. It was, there was, it was, it was, there was, it was, yeah. Okay. I'm tired. Maybe, maybe my body's tired. I don't feel tired. But anyways, basically I got to this point where all the joy was gone for me. It was just work and it was so much work. Fulfilling these orders was like, it was something I began to dread. I just, I hated it. And so it killed all joy of sewing for me. Poor kids. My son is really into it. Today he's been sewing and he's been begging me. He carried up my sewing machine, which weighs more than him and wants me to sew a blanket with my scraps that he found outside. And I just... (laughs) I don't want to turn it on, you guys. I don't want to turn it on. Okay. So anyways, I'm probably going to do that tomorrow and be the good mom. Okay. Values. Remember, it's my journey. Okay. It's my journey. So eventually I came to this point where A, I never actually have stopped doing anything other than those first couple years when I was when I was married and having my first few babies. But after that point, even in the season of discontent, I was searching. I began to start searching for something that would fulfill this burning drive in me. I had this drive that I have always had. And and I know that not everybody has the same drive. It's just bred into me. It's part of who God made me to be. I have this drive, this like constant need to be pushing forward and learning and growing and achieving and doing and pursuing and and experimenting and designing and it just creativity. There's just so much in me that I'm constantly, I was searching for it. So I knew that I was unwilling to compromise my family And yet I also knew that there was more to me and I couldn't just sit idly by and not fulfill that because I would be unhappy. So in that first year when I was searching and I was trying so many different things before I even got into my sewing business, I spent so much time praying. Oh my goodness. I walked and walked and walked and walked. And I remember praying on these walks and just really having to come to a place where I felt like God said to me, Rebecca, you have to let this go. You have to let go of your discontent, your jealousy. You have to let go of the what ifs and of the could haves because those things, they're they're dead. They're gone. Unless you are willing to let go of what you have now, what you're not, then, then let these things go because they're just holding you down. And so for that whole year, I, when I was battling and struggling, I was battling and struggling through prayer to really come to this place of letting go of that and finding contentment in the season that I was in. Now, finding contentment in the season I was in did not mean letting go of the desire to do and be and accomplish more because that's just 
who I am. That's like asking me to stop breathing. I will always be this visionary. I'm my father's and my mother's daughter. I can't help it. I go blame them, okay? Because my dad is an insane visionary who dreams the biggest dreams and just runs with things. And my mom has this practical, like just incremental way of putting it into practice. Well, combine those two and boom, you have me. I now dream and I fulfill my dreams. <laughs> so I have this just drive, this drive. And so I had to let go and be content with what I had now and not look back. But that didn't stop me from looking forward, which I know, again, and I really want to make this clear, that this is not the answer for everybody, that I would say 90% of people out there are not like me. And I also, I found deep contentment, especially that year after my son was born, my third, I found really deep contentment in just being a mom. I I got um, I got a flower, the grinder to grind my own wheat. I ground my flour. I made bread. My house was clean. It was organized. I was on top of things. I was beginning to homeschool like preschool stuff with my oldest son. And I was a good mom. I cooked. I cleaned. I I just found contentment in the season that I was in. And so I, I want to be really clear before I move forward with all the things that have exploded in my life. I want to be really clear that you have to identify the season you're in and that your season may not be what my season is right now. And so identifying that and praying about that because the only person that can help you discover that is not your husband, it's not yourself, it's not your girlfriends, it is God. It's praying and going to him and finding out what he's saying in this season, in this time of your life. So I kind of went through this whole thing in that season of, of letting go, but also looking forward and trying to find something that could fit with who I was, what I wanted, my values, the craziness of my life. And so after the sewing business kind of ended, we moved. And I had already at this point, so let's back, actually before we moved. So I did the sewing business and somewhere along, I guess it was the year before we moved. I did the sewing business for about a year. And after the sewing business and I packed everything up and I was just done, I was contacted by somebody who said they found my blog, which I've always been a writer. Always been a writer. When I was very young, I published a poem in a um, in a book. That's like not. It was not a good, huge achievement. It was like send it in and whatever. Um, so I published a poem, but I wrote stories. I always would write really silly things, really deep things, really um, funny things, whatever. I loved to write. I've always loved to write. Always, always, always. I always wanted to be either a teacher or a writer or something when I grew up. And so that's always been a part of me. And so I had this little blog on the side that was literally for my family and my friends. And I posted funny little poems of my kids that I wrote or whatever. It was called Truth in the Trenches, which if you followed my podcast for a while, you will have noticed that that used to be the name of my podcast because that was actually the name of my original blog. So randomly, some curriculum company found and stumbled upon a blog post about homeschooling. And they said, hey, we found your blog post. We're wondering if you would like to be an ambassador where we could send you this preschool curriculum each month and you would review it and talk about it and um, post about it. And I'm like, what? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Sign me up. Where's the contract? I'm in. So I signed up for that and I ended up deciding to start a blog from that, which I was like, okay, well, I should start a homeschool blog. And of course, I love alliteration. So I started my first blog was hip homeschooling. And a lot of you know that you followed me way back then. And I I had no idea that you were supposed to research things. And it just it was available. Guys, it was available. I looked for the domain. The domain was available. No one had taken it. I was like, sweet. So I signed signed up for a blog. I called it hip homeschooling because I'm like, yeah, we're cool. And, um, and I started a blog and I started writing for these people. And then I started seeing other ambassadors and they had these badges that they were, they were reviewing for other people. And I'm like, this is a thing. Like blogging is a thing. And I had no idea. How do you make money at this? So not knowing what I was doing whatsoever, I started literally contacting companies saying, you should send me your curriculum. I mean, sure, I have 10 followers, but but the value in my photography skills 
which are amazing, which by the way were atrocious. And my, you know, my ability, my writing and my, like I will offer you so much value. You should send it to me. And so I think I did that for like the first couple months. Very shortly after that, I started like telling people, hey, you should send me your curriculum and then you should pay me money so that I can review or do an advertisement for you. And so I just kind of went for it. Now, let's be clear. I had no idea what I was doing. Let's be clear. I made 8 billion mistakes along the way. I remember waking up in the middle of the night. I had so many hosting problems with my blog. Um, I had no idea what I was doing with design. I paid a designer. I don't even know if my husband knows that to this day. Paid a designer and they kind of put together something on one that was on Blogger and then I switched over to WordPress and then I lost everything I had done over there and so I was designing it. I just had no clue what I was doing. But from the very beginning, I just kind of put myself out there like you want me. I am valuable. So I signed up for things. I signed up to review different curriculums. I signed up on review crews and and I reviewed different things from there and I got my feet wet and I learned how to write about something and stay on track and to, um, to make it interesting and captivating. And so I improved on my writing skills. Then we moved. So sewing business is done. I'm now like a, uh, I don't know, mediocre relatively small. I think I had about 20,000 um, like page views was where I was at when we moved. 20,000 page views a month. So I was now like more than small, like kind of hobby one, but I was small still, really small guys. And so we moved and I took a big break and we went to this beautiful island, this beautiful island. I remember at this point, like there's not even any part of me that was I'm just like, I'm, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm just like, wait, what? This and this? And, and I, just, I would stay up all hours of the night doing stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. And I wasn't really like hearing God's voice in any of this. I was just kind of trying to find. I'm trying to find my place. And so we moved to this island, which is called, and you should go look it up. It's Graham Island. It is right under Alaska. It is called Haida Gwaii or Graham Island, either one. And it is above um, Vancouver Island. So if the west coast of Canada, you have Alaska, right, that goes kind of out. So this is northern little island and it's quite small. The island itself is quite small. It's an eight hour ferry ride just to get onto the island. So it's very um remote. It's, I mean, sometimes there would be no milk on the ferries. And so you wouldn't have milk for a week or two or a coffee creamer, which was like, I no joke cried in the store sometimes. Like it was, it was rough. (laughs) So here I am with all my little kids that like a lot of cereal and, you know, no milk sometimes and really spotty internet. And, you know, it was difficult living in a remote environment. However, it was the most beautiful, adventurous, um, crazy, two years of our life. And my husband and I went there fully knowing that God had called us there. We we actually had a very specific dream and literally we're talking about the dream and had a phone call that confirmed the dream. And it was just like, it, it was, we were supposed to be there. And so here we are on this island knowing we're supposed to be here. And it was the most stunning, beautiful, untouched, raw beauty. Like you've got the crashing waves, the open ocean. You've got agates and treasures all over the beach that we would search for. It was incredible incredible experience and time in our life. And during this time, I actually took a long break from my blog during the move and I just kind of settled in. But during this time, it just, things changed. And part of what changed was my relationship with God, which I wasn't really going to go into testimony time, but how can we separate Rebecca from testimony, right? Like Rebecca is just synonymous with her relationship with God. So we're just going to go into it. Um, so we go to this island and I have to like rewind now that we're going into testimony, let's rewind like right in the middle of baby years and sewing years and right around there. And I remember having these conversations with my sister-in-law or with my husband saying, there's got to be more. There has to be more than just going through the motions, survival, trying to do devotions and, and pray and be a good person and, you know, just, just living life. Like it's like I'm in survival mode and there has to be more than this. There has to be more than this. When it comes to my relationship with God, I want more. And I remember a lot of, um, 
a lot of conversations with a lot of different people. And I remember like it's, it's a season you're in. It's because you're, you know, you have young children, you have babies and it's just, it's the season you're in. I remember thinking, I don't buy that for a second. I don't buy for one second that I'm supposed to just settle in this season and accept that this is it. And I remember having those conversations with God and saying, God, like, I believe that's the enemy. I believe that's a lie of the enemy that tells us that because we are busy or because we have young children or because we are in a chaotic season of our lives, therefore we have to settle for a lesser relationship with God. No. I, d- I never believed that, and yet nothing necessarily changed. So I, I'm i now on this island, and the biggest thing that changed, and it changed for my business, like I am talking about my business here, but the biggest thing that changed was my relationship with God. And and I always have had a very vibrant and real relationship with God. I've always felt like I um, have heard his voice. From when I was like very young, very young child, three, four, or five, I would... I would talk to my mom about that and I would say we should pray that God would heal our our vehicle when it wouldn't start or whatever. So I've always um, believed very strongly in God. He's always been very real to me. It's always been my own faith. But I just kind of felt like it was one-sided a little bit or something. I don't know. And so we went to this island and it was like, it was like I, I, it's really, it's actually really difficult to even put into words, but it's, it's like I encounter God in just a completely new way, in a completely new and different way. I saw sides to him in this raw, beautiful ocean, just cut off from everything that I'd never seen. I've never felt so close to God as I did walking along the ocean. Never ever, ever, ever. There is something about the ocean, the, the power in it, the, the noise in it, the, that just brings me right to the presence of God. And I, I would just walk, my kids would be, I still had like really young kids, you know, they, they're like looking for rocks and whatever, sitting on a log, eating goldfish crackers. And I'm walking and walking and praying. And, and I discovered too, I discovered, um, I really discovered more of the Holy Spirit on the island. And so now walking with so much more awareness of God, so much more um, of hearing his voice and of, of following his spirit, not just following what I wanted for my life. And I think that was one of the biggest things that changed is that before that, I would just make a decision. I would just do what I would do. I felt like a person in the dark, just kind of floundering around and trying to live the good life and trying to do what I needed to have a relationship with God, because clearly to have one, I needed to do my devotions. I needed to pray. I needed to go to church. I needed to. And so, and I do believe all those things are totally important, but something that changed was that I felt like being introduced almost to the Holy Spirit that I all of a sudden realize that it's actually not on my own strength. It's not about what I do and I can do those things and those are good things, but it's more about the relationship with him and surrendering my life to him and my day to him every single day. So in those two years, I went through this kind of experience of just encountering God and falling in love with him and and surrendering my life to him in a new way that I hadn't done before and realizing just how close he is in every decision, every moment of my life. And so as my relationship with God was deepening, my relationship with him and my business was deepening. And I began to look to him more and more for what he wanted for a family. And I started to see even this, this, this part of who he had created me to be this desire for more and this want to press in and this like really this deep longing to go to heaven one day and for him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't just want to go through life and live through it and go through the motions of it and raise my kids and be a grandma and die in a grave and have never done something great for God. That's like my worst nightmare. God, I know my capabilities. I know my giftings. I know my strengths. I know that I can be used by you. I know I can be used by you. Please use me. Let me not go through life just going through the motions and living for myself. Let me go through my life living for you in every step of the way. Whether you're using me in the lives of my children, whether you're using me in relationships with my friends, whether you're using me in the smallest of ways, I will take it, but let me be used 
by you and this burning desire to just have every single moment, not living to the best of life, but living to the best of his kingdom for his glory and for his purposes. And so I just began to start to seek and press into that more and more and more of who God created me to be and this burning desire. Well, how does that fit with my life and with what you have given me? So on the island was really more about kind of pressing into my relationship with him. And after the island, we really felt called. All of a sudden, we could have stayed there longer, but we really felt called to this dinky little northern city that we live in now in northern BC. And it really isn't dinky for us. It's like a step up. Guys, it has a Walmart and a Starbucks. Like we had a fields. Okay, so we were like in heaven. It has a hospital. There's doctors. I mean, it it was a huge step up for us. But anyways, to 90% of the world, it is a dinky, small, northern town. So we felt really, really called here. And we, so much so, we actually bought our house site unseen. We never even looked at it. My first day here was rough, guys. I'm not going to lie. And that's a story for another day. You guys are going to have to tell me what you want to hear me expand on because I could talk podcast about any one of these points in my life. But coming here, things just started to change. And I feel like they're constantly changing. There's there's specific things I can look back on and I can say this was a shifting moment. One of those shifting moments was, I guess, on the island, what I forgot to mention was that one shift, first shifting moment was when I got the email that even opened my eyes to blogging. And it's like God said, here, I want you to dabble. And then another shifting moment was when on the island, I got an email from a publishing company that said, hey, we're looking for somebody to write a book on planning. And we've seen some of your blog posts about bullet journaling. And we're wondering if you would like to, you know, either write or take some pictures or collaborate with. We're thinking maybe a couple of people can go in on it. And I'm like, no couple people. I want to do it all. And yes, absolutely. So here I am, totally beginner. I was barely learning what I was doing. Okay. And I was not very good at all. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write a book. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that. So remember, this is, this is my personality where I'm like, it's kind of that fake it till you make it. I just kind of, I'm always pushing. I'm always pushing ahead of even where I'm at. So I said, yes, absolutely. And I'm writing a book. So I was writing a book from about halfway. Um, it was, it was a massive project that last year we were there and then into our first year when we moved. So I'm writing a book, we move, and this book is like the biggest project I've ever done. I have to design the pages, then I have to take pictures, then I have to write about it. It was just a massive, massive project. So I'm working on that. We've moved to this totally new place, and everything I feel like has shifted even here in the two years that we've been where we are now. There's just these moments where it's like, it's like you're walking kind of blind and you have no idea what is in front of you. You have no idea what is in front of you. And you're walking forward and you're kind of just just thinking that this is it and you're trying to make it in this moment that you're in and then all of a sudden you turn a corner and everything is different. Everything has changed in the blink of an eye. God knows that the whole time. The whole time he's like, oh, come on, just another step. You have no idea what's waiting for you, but we don't see it. And so for us, sometimes we wrestle, we struggle, we wait, we flounder because we don't see the full picture, but he does. And if there's anything that I have learned in this journey of mine, it is to trust him every step of the way because my goodness, the things that I have gone through and seen his goodness and seen his faithfulness and seen how he has just opened doors that I I couldn't, it's not, I couldn't even even ask for it because I never would have even known what it was or what it would look like. It's, it has absolutely blown me away. So I went through a massive thing in the midst of, I'm writing my book, I'm trying to get that out and I, I hit a wall, um, in a very big way that I probably will not talk about, but I hit a wall in a very big way with my business and I came just under a lot of attack. And so that was around a season where again, everything changed for me. And I actually hit this point where I was done. Like with the sewing business, I was done. And part of the reason I was done was because I was going to be forced to be done. And so I thought that I had to be, but also that I, I had always wanted to just actually talk about God. (laughs) If you want to know what I actually want to do, all of this, by the way, to me is like the the beginning of something. Because to me, I'm thinking like 
okay, fine, I'll talk about homeschooling because I am passionate about it and I do love it. But but really, the meat and potatoes, if you want to get to know me, I want to talk about God. I want to talk about God. I want to encourage people in their faith. I want to travel and speak and worship lead. That's what I want to do. That's my dream. And so I, I kind of came to this place where I felt like God said to me, very strongly. And he actually said it multiple different times, just kind of out of the blue. I was going to this um, kind of hearing God thing. And so I was just spending time journaling and praying. And I felt like it just out of the blue, I'm sitting there. I'm, it, this wasn't even what we're supposed to be like talking or, or praying about. And all of a sudden I feel like it hits me. What if I asked you to give it all up? Everything. What if I asked you to let go of everything? Your blog, your YouTube, everything that you've built. What if I asked you today to walk away and never look back. And I was like, well, that's weird. Random thing just popped into my head. Uh, yeah, whatever. So I, I left it and no joke, a week later I was sitting in church and I think I was like worshiping. I was singing. Okay. My mind is full of the words that I'm singing to God. So I'm singing, I'm worshiping. And all of a sudden this thought pops into my head. It's not even pops into my head. It's like it bullies its way into my head. It's like, what if I asked you to give up everything. What if I asked you to walk away, Rebecca? Would you do it? So now I'm like, okay. Uh, so I'm talking to my husband about it. I'm like, this is really weird. I don't know where this is coming from. I, I, I just feel like, why would God say this to me? And so we were talking about it and praying about it and was just kind of like, well, it's kind of an off thing. And then I went through this battle and I went through kind of this, this, where I thought I would actually have to give up everything. And so then I started to think, well, the reason that I was starting to have those questions asked of me was maybe God was preparing me for this. So I came to this point where I said, fine. And I like, and by the way, came to this point through months and months of crying and weeping like a child, because I also learned that I, I had begun to build some of my identity on being known by you guys. I really had. I liked being known by you because I am super introverted and I haven't been known most of my life and probably haven't even really known myself most of my life. And there is something that happens when you feel known. And I liked it. I really liked it. And so to let go of of that, of, of the relationships even that I had built and the platform that I had, which I had maybe some unhealthy attachments to, I was putting some of my identity based in who I was on on the computer and so I had to kind of die to that and come to this place where I was willing to let all of that go and be in quotation marks because I know that many of you are there but I had to be just a mom and I had to be okay with that and go all the way back and we're talking years and years and years of, of building and investing and all of the things that I had done and okay going all the way back to almost 10 years ago. And so I got to this point after months and months and crying and weeping and praying and I was like, okay, God. And I truly was. I had total peace about it. I was like, you know what? I'm good. I can walk away from this. I'll find something else. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to start a blog about you, God, and I'm going to talk about you and I'll find, I will find something else. I will worship lead. I will find other things. I do not need this. I, I will look for what you have for me. And so I was willing to let it go. And I like, I, I had total peace. I felt so relaxed about it. And then it was like, and I, I probably, again, one of these moments that is so pinned in my memory because it is one of the most it's, it's so strong, you guys. It was so strong. It was like in that moment, in that moment of total surrender and really truly being okay with it, it was like he said, great, but now I'm giving it back to you. Now that you've like let it go in your heart, now that you've died to some of those attachments you had, now that you see it differently, you're in a fresh perspective about it, I'm giving it back to you. And I, I don't, I don't want you to, because I, again, I kind of said to God, you know what? I, I didn't really want to talk about homeschooling anyways. I want to talk about you. And so I'll go on to something more worthy. And I felt like he said, don't diminish. And these exact words are written in my journal. Don't diminish what I've given you. Don't diminish it. Don't look upon this as lesser than. And so I felt like he gave it back and I had some breakthrough and I went through a real shift in the direction of my business. 
Um, I changed a lot of things in my business that year and I went a totally different direction and still a little bit kind of floundering and I, I started writing Bible curriculum then towards the end of that year and kind of had more direction of what I was supposed to be doing. I mean, I'm, I'm like a person groping in a dark room trying to find my way in, okay, I, I you obviously know I did some stuff with the good and the beautiful and I thought that was the answer and I was maybe going to do writing for the good and the beautiful and then I really felt convicted and I went through this whole journey of switching directions and feeling like God said you cannot be attached to that because people are looking to you and don't diminish what I have given you. What I've given you is a ministry and you need to look at it as a ministry, not as a job or as a career. And so I I had this shift in perspective and realized, okay, well then every decision I make matters. And so I switched and I started writing Bible curriculum for master books, which is more than words. And so that was kind of my journey into master books. And I was so excited about that because now it felt like more of a ministry. It felt like more of, I was doing now what I was called to do. And, you know, I've had so many of these, you guys, that was last year, just one year ago in this past few months, there's been another massive shift in my life, in my company since February. We had a speaker come up and I, and one of the things he talked about was in his business, giving God his business. And he actually like wrote it out. He wrote on a piece of paper and he signed it and he gave God his business. And he said, it's yours. I will just be somebody who manages your business. I will go to you for everything. And I was like, I'm supposed to do that. So I literally at a coffee shop signed on a napkin and I gave God my business and I said, it's all yours. I will go to you for everything. I will manage it how you want me to. I will ask you before I make decisions. And so again, I kind of came to this summer, I came to a place where I was going to have to make a decision of direction and coming to, again, this, this point of just really praying and asking God, what do you have for my business? What do you have for me? And what does this future look like? And literally in, in a time of prayer, and this is what I talked about last week a little bit, um, this, this idea of gather around homeschool, this new curriculum line that I'm developing, just poured out of that. And it literally poured out of a time of prayer. I was sitting, I was journaling, and I was looking back, I literally, I've forgotten about it. And I was talking to somebody and they, 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 challenged me and they said, did you talk to God about this? And I'm like, yes, I did talk to God about this. And I pulled out my journal and I opened it up and I'm like, literally this came from a conversation with God. This came from prayer. This came from a time and I stayed up until like two in the morning journaling and praying and I was listening to worship music and I was asking him, what do you have for me? And this idea of this, this one room schoolhouse kind of kind of just came to me and I just sat there and I scribbled furiously. I scribbled furiously on like multiple sheets of paper, all my vision and idea for it. And it literally came from him. It's not even something that like, oh, I had this idea and I went to him to say, is it okay? It was a, I don't know what to do. What do you have for me? And this idea came from him. And so again, it's just crazy to me. Here I am literally looking at something that is like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars of investment. We are taking major risk. My husband and I had a, a wonderful, deep conversation today about money. And we are taking like insane risks, risks that we never, neither of us would ever a month ago been okay with or thought of or or been anywhere near. And yet here we are just like leaping into something totally new. We're looking at printers, we're paying designers, we're paying, like we are paying money out of our wazoo and jumping full into this. Why? Because I truly believe that this is from God and I'm going to run with it because I know him and I trust him. And I may be down here groping in the dark, but I am following his voice and his lead for every decision. And I know that he sees the whole picture. So why am I sharing all of this? (laughs) That's a, that's a really good question. I'm going to take a drink of water and then I'm going to continue. I'm sharing this partly because I thought you guys might be interested, partly because this is a dicey topic and it's probably one that I'm not quite ready to go on a Facebook Live about yet. It's dicey to talk about women and women's roles. And I know that this is a tough one because especially in the Christian community, there is this idea that women should stay home and raise their children. I actually feel incredibly judged 
incredibly judged by people that I I view this as my ministry because when I say and have even been frustrated with I know that God has more or I'm supposed to be doing more the number one thing that I've gotten back is your kids are your number one and your kids are your ministry and that needs to be your focus more than anything else you already have a full plate and you need to stay focused on that and and I understand where people are coming from. I understand what the Bible says. And I understand that um, my kids are my first priority. I totally get that. My kids come first. And so there's a lot of times I say no to things. There's a lot of things that I say no to and I let go of for the sake of my family. And not just my children, but my husband. I sacrifice and let go of a ton to make sure that we have a lot of time. My husband is one of those people that his love language is quality time. I cannot be on my phone. I cannot be working. I cannot be, you know, juggling things. The kids can't even be in the room trying to talk to us for him to feel like he is getting my quality attention. He needs eye contact. He needs like physical touch. He needs me to like hold his hand and gaze into his eyes deeply and and nod emphatically with every word he he says he values quality time. So I have to give my husband quality time because my marriage falls, this all going down, guys. Everything. Everything I'm doing is going down if my marriage falls. So my marriage is first. My relationship with God is first. My kids are before any of this stuff. I understand those things. But I know that God is not limited to our understanding. I know that God is not limited to our theology or our little boxes that we try to put him into. I know that God still speaks. I believe he still speaks. I know he still speaks. And I believe that when I surrender to him and I follow his voice, whether he's telling me to rest and be still, whether he's telling me to be content in the season I'm in, or whether he's telling me to run, to run with everything he's made me to be and all the ideas he's given me and to just move forward that I don't have to submit to the authority of other people's assumptions or beliefs about what I should be doing. I don't have to submit to fear of man. I get to walk in total freedom with God and what he says and what he is guiding me into. So my encouragement to you especially as if you're a woman listening to this, my encouragement to you is no matter what season you may be in, doesn't matter what season, whether you're in the rest or the content or the, the running season, know that first and foremost, God sees you. And if you feel like you are discontent, like there's so much more like you want to accomplish, if you have those same things inside of you that I have had inside of me, then I, I believe with all of my heart that your time will come. I believe with all of my heart that God says he is looking, he is looking for people who will worship him. He is looking for people who can be used and will be used by him. He is looking for people to say, here am I, send me. And if you have that burning desire in your heart, he's going to use you. He will use you in the right timing, in the right season, in the right place. And let me tell you, you do not want to be used in a place that is not right. You do not want to be used when the timing is not right. If I had tried to launch this curriculum even, I don't know, six months ago, I do not believe it would be the same as today. For some reason, in this moment, in this season, in this time, it's right. At least I hope so, guys. <laughs> I really hope so. But in this moment, it, there's something happening with it that, that couldn't have happened if I were smaller. There's been community that's been cultivated. And through the process, through my journey, this, this, is, this is the time. And so we can't force these things. But I truly believe, I know it, I know it deep in my heart, that if you desire and long for more, that your time will come. And so pray about it. Maybe right now, you are supposed to just rest or be content in the season you're in. But maybe right now, God is saying, you know what? You can go a little bit for some of these things and explore some of these things. And sometimes it's the most rabbit trail paths that you would never imagine. Like for me, I'm going to learn about bullet journaling that turned into a book that you literally dropped in my lap, you guys. Dropped in my lap. I didn't go out seeking it. I had no idea about it. I never would have thought myself worthy to write a book on that. Still don't think I was worthy to write a book on that. But yet I did it. And it came from him. It came from him. Everything I have, everything I've accomplished has come from him. And so when you surrender to that, then the rabbit trails, it doesn't matter. 
because the rabbit trail might be exactly what's going to lead to your purpose and your calling and, and what is going to, one day you are going to look at something, something you're walking in and you are going to say, I was made for this. Because I can tell you right now that, that I have said that probably five times. I started blogging and writing and I remember the excitement and saying to my husband, I had no idea that I was made, I was made for this. None of those other stupid things that I did could even touch what I feel when I do this. I was made for this, Jonathan. And when I was writing my book, I was made for this. And when I was speaking, oh my goodness, I was made for this. I was made to speak. Give me a huge audience. Now give me a group of people that I have to talk to and I want to die, but give me an audience and a microphone and all attention on me. And I just am alive. I'm alive. Like there's these moments in my life where I'm like, this is it. This is what I was made for. And now here I am doing this massive, massive business launch and thinking I was made for this. I was made for this. The business side of this is like, oh yeah, yeah, I was made for this. So who knows what else I was made for that that is just going to come and flow in my life. Leading worship, when I lead worship, every single time I think I was made for this. I could die doing nothing else than worshiping God. I was made to worship Him. So you are made to do things. And God is going to open up doors in your life. And He is going to show you opportunities. And it might be the rabbit trails. It might be the small things. It might be something just as a hobby for you that you find this creative or expression side of you that you never even knew existed. He is going to show you who you are because you don't even know who you are. The person that knows who you are is your creator. He knows who you are. And I just encourage you, I encourage you to go to Him and to ask him for those opportunities and to seek him more and draw into relationship with him so you can hear his voice and follow him where he leads you in your life. And no matter what season, it doesn't matter because there are these moments that will pop up, whether you're in the season of contentment or the season of rest or the season of pressing in, it doesn't matter which one you're in. There's going to be moments that will pop up that you're going to say, I'm made for this. So that's it. Wow. Longest podcast episode I've ever done. Don't see, get me talking about God and I will go on forever. And I wasn't even going to go there with this one, but I just, I had to. So if there's something specific in this episode that you're like, wow, I want to hear more about that because I could talk about pretty much any single thing in here for a good 40 minutes. So if there's something you want to hear more about, worship or about any of those stories that I shared, then please, 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 please let me know. My beginning days as a homeschooler can be story time with Rebecca. Maybe we'll do that alternating. I'm going to try next week's podcast episode to do something for the kids because I am so blown away by the amount of kids that I get that love listening to me or watching my videos and they're boring. They're for your mom. So I am really going to try to do something for the kids for next week. So again, if you have an idea for that, please email me. Rebecca at homeschoolon.com. Any of the links mentioned here, if you want to find my books, you want to find my Bible curriculum or my art um, bullet journal planning book or the new curriculum that I created, you can try a free one week sample of it. Any of those links I will post in the blog post. So go to homeschoolon.com, click on podcast and look for this episode, which I don't even know what I'm going to name yet, but we're going to find out when we go to the blog post. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Have an awesome, fantastic, amazing week. If you have a testimony to share, please send it my way. I may not respond, but I promise you I will read it, that I pray for you guys, I am encouraged by you guys, and that I read your messages. So if you want to send me something, please do. And if God leads me and I have the time, I will respond. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day.